Grace to you and peace from God, our Heavenly Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. For those of you who were not with us last weekend, we began a new sermon series you can see here on our screens entitled, Up, In, Out, uh, the DNA of a Disciple. And what we explored last week, just beginning this five-week series, was the, the way that Jesus engages in these three relationships. First, up with the Father, uh, in with other believers, and out with those who are close to him but far from God, or in our language here for us as disciples, close to you but far from Jesus. Uh, we refer to these three relationships as part of uh, a simple shape. It's a useful tool to help remember things, uh, the integrated life triangle. And what we explored was how throughout Jesus' earthly life and ministry, and what we see uh, described for us in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, is Jesus engaging perfectly in each of these three relationships, up with the Father, in with other fellow believers, and out with those who were lost, hurt, and broken, those who needed his healing presence and the good news he came to bring. And we are exploring this as we seek to live out our mission, leading people to a full life in Christ, and becoming more committed as disciples of Jesus and prepared to make disciples. That's the heartbeat of what we are called to be and do as the Christian church here on earth. And our prayer and our hope and our promise is that as we lean into these things, we will see our vision accomplished, lives, individual lives, and entire communities transform as we become more like Jesus. So if you're curious about that introductory message, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel uh, and watch what you may have missed last week. If you were here last week, you're already familiar with some of this content. And so today, we'd like to double-click first on the up relationship we see Jesus model for us. Uh, to do that, I'd be curious, uh, what do you think all of these references in Mark's gospel might have in common? Uh, it's not a trick question, and don't worry, it's not a test either. All of these are examples, just in the Gospel of Mark, of Jesus living out what we would call his up relationship. So for example, uh, Mark chapter 1, verse 12, you have Jesus going out for 40 days and nights in the wilderness. You may remember that. He is tempted by the devil, he fasts that entire time, and he defeats the temptations of the devil by the simple power of God's word. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, we'll explore this more in a minute. Jesus often goes to solitary places. You can see a few other examples of that in this first set of verses. We see Jesus also often go out and walk by the lake or even go out on the lake. So those of you who love to go up north or, or go out to a lake house or cottage, you are in good company. In Mark chapter 2, we see Jesus out in the grain fields walking with his disciples. So if you love to go to a nature preserve or go on bike rides, again, uh, you're following the ways of Jesus, whether you realized it or not. Mark chapter 3 shows us Jesus often going up on mountaintops, and in the second set of passages, we see many similar patterns. Mark chapter 6, uh, in a solitary place on a boat, those of you with pontoons or sailboats, uh, you're following the ways of Jesus. We see even in Mark chapter 7, Jesus tries to find some solitude in homes. Uh, we see him later in the Gospels going to places like the Mount of Transfiguration, the Mount of Olives, or the Garden of Gethsemane. In many of these times, 
we see Jesus choosing solitude and time with God right before his major moves in ministry, including Mark chapter 10, verse 32, uh, where Jesus walks resolutely, Luke tells us, uh, all the way from Galilee down to Jerusalem. And some scholars wonder if during that time he was silent in prayer the entire time. He was out in front of his disciples. We know that clearly. And they were wondering what was about to happen. If you'd like to learn more about all those passages, I didn't come with them, up with them on my own. I used this blog post. If you want to scan that QR code with your phone right now, it'll take you right to it. Uh, a wonderful resource from soulsshepherding.org about the power and the benefit of spending time alone with God. So take a screenshot of that, use that QR code, and you can bookmark that for maybe later today or another day this week. Uh, and if you don't have your phones out now, you can always go and find this video later on on our YouTube channel. So with that as the frame of reference, let's take a look at our passage for today. Mark chapter 1, starting at verse 29. And as you can see, I'm using the New Living Translation today. I love the readability of it for everyday use. So here's where we pick up. On Mark chapter 1, after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home, uh, or Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. Uh, right before Pastor Tom read this message, he t or this gospel reading, he told you about how love, Mark loves to use the word uh, euthus, which is often translated in the ESV immediately or here in the New Living Translation right away. There's one buried at the beginning of this verse that the New Living Translation doesn't use literally and one at the end, describing the immediacy and the action that Mark is famous for. Uh, he loves to get right to the point. But what's interesting, as we just saw in all those examples of Jesus' time in solitude, is that we also can observe in the silent time between the action uh, the patterns of Jesus that we can learn from. So here Jesus sees a need and immediately seeks to meet it. He went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. Now, if you're reading through the Gospels, you may wonder, why does Mark bother to tell us that Simon Peter's mother-in-law cooked him dinner, right? Seems like extra ink that we don't necessarily need when we're focused again on Jesus. What I'd like to suggest is this is a perfect example of Jesus living fully in an in-relationship and others following in turn. Come back next week to explore this more fully, but what we see Jesus doing first is spending time with his closest friends, his disciples, and their family as well. And just like Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, we are to do good to others, especially those who are fellow followers of Jesus. And that's what we see happening right here at the outset of our text. Now let's continue on in verses 32 and 33. That evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. In fact, Mark tells us the whole town gathered at the door. Now from the earlier context, we know the town where they are. This is Capernaum, situated on the northwest corner of the Sea of Galilee. This was the hometown of Peter and Andrew and James and John, and it became Jesus' base of operations. In fact, Mark tells us it's his hometown now that he has left Nazareth, the village where he was raised, and which rejected him as the Messiah. 
So what we imagine here is that Peter and Andrew, James and John, along with some of their extended family, including Peter's mother-in-law, are inside the house. Jesus is at the front door, and the whole town, maybe dozens or even hundreds of people, are gathered. They are intensely interested in seeing this rabbi who preaches amazing messages and who delivers on what he promises through his healings. This is an example of out-relationships that we'll come back to a little later on in our series. But notice what Jesus does. He healed many people who were sick with various diseases, and he cast out many demons. But because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. If this were a sermon series on miracles, by the way, I'd unpack the power of Jesus' name and the interesting reality that the demons knew who he was before the humans did, but we'll have to save that for another sermon series. We don't have time for that today, but it's a fascinating little detail. As Jesus takes care of all the lost, hurt, and wandering, those who are far from God and need his gospel healing and proclamation, that's an out relationship. We'll come back to that in our last two weeks. For today, I'd like to spend more time in this verse and this verse alone. Mark chapter 1, verse 35, is a classic example of Jesus living out an up relationship with the Father. Here's how it's translated in the NLT. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. I'd like to offer you my own quick translation from the original Greek because what's packed into this one verse is incredibly powerful and helpful for us. Starting with that first phrase, uh, Mark uses three very intense adverbs in quick succession, which as best as I can translate would go something like this. Very early, while it was still quite dark, Jesus got up and did what he did. We'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, On a number of occasions, Mark points out that Jesus gets up early and goes out to pray. We saw a list of those passages a moment ago. But only twice in his gospel does he use these kind of words in close conjunction. Here in Mark chapter 1 verse 35, and then later at the end of the gospel, Mark chapter 16 verse 2, Jesus uses two, or Mark uses two out of the three to describe the women getting up just at the break of dawn to go to the tomb to try to finish Jesus' burial preparations. Here we're told it's even earlier in the morning. So like this morning, I got up at 2 o'clock, had to use the bathroom. Imagine getting up about that time, but then staying up all night while it is still quite dark. Sorry for the bathroom reference, right? But you get the point. Very early, while it's still quite dark. In fact, in the middle of the night, Jesus gets up and he goes to do what he needs to do. Very early, still quite dark, right? Here's the second thing I want to highlight. He goes out to an isolated place. Mark loves this word. It's used to describe where John the baptizer did his ministry, out in the wilderness by the Jordan River. It's out in the desert places where Jesus wrestles with the devil. It's where no one else can bother him. For you, I wonder, where can you go in today's day and age to be entirely alone? It's kind of hard, actually, when we live in a densely populated area. But for maybe for you, it's getting up early and going to a favorite chair in a corner of your house where you can be alone with God. Or maybe, like me, uh, you love to go for long walks or bike rides or runs. As of now, I've got 29.1 miles in in the month of August. My goal is to stay at least one mile ahead of the day of the month. 
That's just my personal goal, so I'm crushing it. It's the 20th, and I'm nine miles ahead, right? But what I love about going for runs is I'm disconnected from technology in the world. Right, I have an Apple Watch, but it's the dumb version, so I can't make calls unless my phone is with me, and I leave my phone at home so that while I'm on the run, I can be paying attention to God, I can be speaking to Him in prayer, and hearing from Him through the power of His Spirit and the Word. Now, technology isn't bad, but it can often be a distraction. And so what would it look like for you, like Jesus, to seek out a place where no one or nothing can distract you from being in contact with the Heavenly Father who would love to dwell with you, hear from you, and speak to you through his word. It's interesting. Uh, these are a few of the examples of where Jesus goes out to a deserted, isolated place uh, in his Gospels. Uh, he does it primarily in the first half of his ministry because starting at Mark chapter 6, verse 46 and following, he's headlong on his way to Jerusalem. And the second half of Mark's gospel is focused on that aspect, where he's not able to get away quite as much. And so his strategy has to shift. And so he finds different places where he can get alone with God. Now back to Mark chapter 1, verse 35. Uh, Pastor Tom also mentioned that Mark loves action, and that means he often uses finite verbs. Action-oriented, always on the move, trying to get to Jesus and what he has done for us on the cross. In this verse alone, Mark uses four verb forms, a participle, two active verbs, and one that is in a unique tense in the original Greek that I'll get to in a moment. It says, very early, while it was still quite dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went out, and he departed into the isolated place we just talked about, and there he was praying. The use of the word there in Greek describes an ongoing activity. One that he begins and he continues doing on a repeated and ongoing basis. Why does Jesus go out into this desert place? Why does he try to get away from the crowds and the distractions? Because he knows and demonstrates for us the power of prayer. An uninterrupted conversation between you and a heavenly father that is ever attentive to you. And always interested in whatever's on your heart and mind. What is one way that you can grow in your up relationship with the Father? Intentional time in prayer. That's what we see Jesus doing time and time again, but it's not the only way that you can grow in your relationship with the Father. What we see Jesus also doing is spending time in scriptures. It seems that by the time he was an adult, he had actually already memorized what we call the Old Testament. So he didn't need to carry around a book or a mobile app. Those are helpful tools. Make use of them. But he had it buried deep within his heart so they could overflow whenever he had need. We also see him weekly, sometimes even more often, in the synagogue or the temple where he could worship his heavenly father. Those three are what we would like to suggest to you along with a number of other tools. We've created for you uh, resources for your up, in, and out relationships. If you have the Church Center mobile app, go down to the lower right-hand corner, click on those three dots, and you can find this tool there for you. I gave you a screenshot this QR code, if you don't have the Church Center mobile app, works as well. It takes you straight to the landing page for all sorts of cultivated resources that our team has prepared for you. If you're feeling nudged to go a little deeper in your relationship with the Father, we'd like to help you make that happen. And so these tools are available for you to use. Our hope and our prayer is that, like Jesus, you would learn the power and the benefit of growing closer to Jesus 
so that you can then be prepared to do what he is calling you to do. That's why Jesus went out to pray. Here's the last part of our passage. He was preparing for more out-relationship work. Later, Mark tells us, when Simon and the others went out to find him, when they found him, they said, everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go on to the other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout all of the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. Again, living out that out-relationship we're going to come back to in a couple of weeks. So before he did the work God was calling us to do, he reconnected with his father, and he grew deeper in his relationship with him. That's the essence and the starting point of the DNA of a disciple, and that's what we're inviting you into as well. So before we're done, to reflect on this, we have two here in practice questions. We'd like for you to consider if you're on your own, if you're with someone, even better, lean over and share what God might be stirring up in you. What kind of spiritual practice you heard me describe? Maybe worship, time in prayer, time in God's word. Would you like to pursue to strengthen your up relationship with the Father? And pro level, if you'd like to take on even more accountability, who is someone you can invite to either join you in that or keep you accountable to what God is nudging and nourishing you to do? If you're with someone, lean over and share what comes to mind while Matthew plays some here and practice music. If you're on your own, give some reflection to this, maybe take a note. Uh, Don't leave this moment until you've pondered what God is stirring up in your heart to do today.